Hi, welcome to Two Towns Over. This show is made possible by our patrons. If you want to monetarily support the show, we're at patreon.com slash two towns over. If you can't support us financially, then you can support us algorithmically by liking, rating, and sharing. Thanks. Enjoy the show. I thought you were going to say gizzle, like for go. No. I want the clap to be at least recognizable as a word. Clapizzle? Clizzle? Clapizzle is right there. Not clizzle. No, not clizzle. Because that's like like if a clit had riz. I I was thinking more of if, if early 2000s Snoop Dogg was in the room talking about clit. Oh my god. Clizzle's <laughs> <laughs> clizzle was you, for Rizzle, dog. You gotta lick the alphabet on the clizzle. Welcome everybody. We're to terrible people. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. <laughs> Welcome everybody to Two Towns Over. No, are, is it Campfire Tales? No, this is Two Towns Over. Oh, right. No. Yeah, because it's, no, it's Two Towns Over. And tricking um, me. Today, this week is kind of a surprise, which as a, a you know, the um, lack of a better term showrunner of the show, I don't know how I feel about this, but I have no idea what we're talking about today because Ruben did the script and he refuses I don't to tell either. us what it's about. So... <laughs> Ruben told us nothing in advance. At first, it was because I was so confident that it was a good idea. Then it was because I was not so confident that it was a good idea, or even (laughs) one we hadn't done. But then, we I don't think we've done this one. I heard. Um, Not that I could find, anyway. (laughs) Uh, Don will tell me if we've talked about it before, but I doubt we've done a full... I don't think... I don't think. We definitely haven't done a full episode about it, but... All right. So uh, note, this one I'm, I'm gonna call. Oh yeah, well. Oh yeah, yeah. who's who's, yeah. who's us? So hi everybody, I am Pappy Donathan. Oh hi Pappy, I'm a monstrous rutabaga. <laughs> hi there, monstrous rutabaga. I'm Josh, also known as uh, the Born Adjudicator. <laughs> nice, <laughs> that's good. And the secret fifth film in the Born, <laughs> <laughs> in the Born trilogy. Yeah. It, was, it was unreleased. Yeah, yeah. It was it was basically pornography, so it wasn't gonna. They were gonna slap it with the 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 AO rating, they, they and, were like, and it would have just completely tanked sales numbers. They just scrapped the whole thing because the, the the pornography. Was insane. Yeah, the pornography was so interwoven into the script that uh, it couldn't be separated. So it there was no really room for rewriting or. What are you the born hypothesis? <laughs> <laughs> like anyway. So, um, so this time I get to be the one that says things. Yeah, I'm just going to kick back and, and let Ruben uh, do it. Hopefully. Uh, yeah. Make sure you interrupt Ruben a lot. Yeah, and... please. Oh, otherwise, otherwise, it's not going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be easier to interrupt um, so this when one we're doing I didn't it. Actually... It's going to be easier to interrupt when we're doing it this way because you guys, apparently there's a delay and you guys don't know when I'm going to start talking. 
Yep. 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 One hundo. Um, it's weird trying to leave space for someone to interrupt you for a podcast, especially over essentially Skype. I mean, we're on Discord, but like, uh-huh. it's it's just it's not easy when you're in the room together. You can look at faces, and there's no like three second delay or whatever, so it's easier. Yeah. But anyway, without further ado, uh, as I roll my blunt, uh, I was going to title this in a Josh style, but I couldn't think of a good snappy one that didn't give it away right away. Uh, So I'm just going to call this one The Life and Times of Madame Delphine LaLaurie. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, mm Mm-hmm. I I thought Don might know who that is. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, I we talked about it, it a too. few weeks ago. <laughs> I was, I talked about, I suggested it as an episode, and I was kind of like, the way you reacted, I was like, okay, maybe we won't do that one. But hell, if you're doing it, cool. This is definitely one that it's better that Ruben wrote. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. This is the one I was thinking about. We were having a mis... Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, we were having a miscommunication because I was thinking of a whole different thing. Were you thinking of like Bathory? I think it was Bath. It was Lady Bathory, or probably the H. H. Holmes house that I was actually thinking ah. of. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. We begin the script, I suppose. <laughs> so, in the dawning of this new age of an internet minus MatPat, a tragedy. Where Two Towns Over plans to drop the subtitle of their podcast's name and where two silly little guys finally start writing scripts like big boys, let's talk about (laughs) brutal murder, (laughs) urban legends, and ghost stories, shall we? Uh, I thought today's subject would be a great way to ease listeners into what I hope my niche can be for the pod, which is um, the black voice, essentially. (laughs) But... Today we're going to talk about Madame Delphine LaLaurie, a New Orleans uh, a New Orleans slave owner who had to flee to Paris to avoid legal and not so legal repercussions for what she did to those slaves. So I used a lot of uh, a lot of different qu- quotes from a lot of different articles to kind of get my point across, but mostly um, like a big bulk of the information came from the sources on the wikipedia article uh, okay so your your source pages is the same as, as the, the source Wiki- pages yes. for the wikipedia article Great. essentially cool there was a couple things behind paywalls one or two that i did pay for because they were only like a dollar fifty and then a couple that i was like no nah, i'm not gonna buy a whole book right now yeah um but anyway it's a similar source list is all i'm trying to say so according to wikipedia uh, and others. Madame Delphine was born in 1787. Uh, other sources, however, do say 1780 or around 1775. So for our purposes, we'll stick with, you know, the 1780s uh, with an understood margin for error. There are also less conflicting, there are also less conflicting death dates for her, uh, either 1847 or 1849. Uh, So the late 1840s should work. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Born Marie Delphine McCarty in the 1780s in New Orleans to an affluent white Creole family, she was only the second generation to be born in America. Her 
family, her grandfather and her father as a child, had moved from Ireland to then Spanish-controlled Louisiana a generation before her. And then, of course, her father's brothers and sisters and such were born here. Um, she was one of five children born to her parents, both of whom were prominent in the town's European Creole community. Her uncle, by marriage, Esteban Rodriguez Miro, was a governor uh, was governor of the Spanish American provinces of Louisiana and Florida during uh, 1785 to 1791, and her cousin Augustine de McCarty was uh, mayor of New Orleans from 1815 to 1820. <clears throat> All that is to just say, she grew up fairly affluent. Uh huh. During slaveholding times. Yep. Uh, but according to uh, the Wikipedia article, Delphine was only four when the Haitian Revolution erupted in 1791. Uh, and for those of you who don't know what that is, I'll do an episode about that soon. <laughs> don't even worry about that. Um, but the Haitian Revolution erupted in 1791, and Delphine's uncle was killed in 1771 by his slaves. Um, Hell yeah. Yep. Motherfucker. Uh, that revolution specifically inspired the local Mina conspiracy in 1791, the, uh, I want to say, Point Coupe conspiracy in 1794, and the 1811 German Coast Uprising, all of which caused many slaveholders to abuse slaves even more harshly than they already were. Due to fear of insurrection. I was going to say, yeah, out of fear that they would be murdered in their beds. Yeah. So, real weird quick. how they always... It's weird how... Yeah. Just real quick, since Ruben is the black voice, I don't have to be the straight white Christian male voice, do I? No. no, I'll, fuck, no dude. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be the straight white cis voice. This is all <laughs> actually bullshit, and... Uh, there, there, there are a thousand podcasts about that guy. We don't need yeah. him here. We don't, it's fine. <laughs> That's one of the few things that separates us is that we don't have that guy. Joe Rogan exists. If you yeah, that, that's you a can whole go podcast. It's you know, it's all good. Um, but I if, was if you want to hear someone who's interested in giving voice to the the annoying straight white guy, Joe Rogan has a podcast where he does it every other episode. Go to Reddit or something. I don't know. Like, um, but no, it's always it's weird to me. I say in quotation weird that the oppressor always always this is this is a lot more than I thought it was going to be. That's fine. Um, I don't even think my smoke detector works, to be honest with you. <laughs> they keep telling me they're going to fix it. Well, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Um, it's a it's it's impressive to... Uh, Don, you good? I'm are here. Are you laughing or are you glitching? No, I laughed. Okay. Okay. You, you were going... <laughs> oh, that might have been a glitch. <laughs> I didn't laugh like that. <laughs> yeah, it was it was very robotic and staccato. Um, no, but like oppressors always, you you get you get an insurrection, you get a riot, and instead of being like, "Huh, that's weird," maybe maybe we should finally listen to these people who have probably been talking about this for a long, long time. But instead of doing that, what they do is go even harder. And that never has worked ever once. Nope. And that 
confuses me because <laughs> they can see history. Yeah, I'm reading mean it. They pay attention. That's true. You're right. Yeah, history is is best when it's right. written. So they are very much only worried about the. Yeah. Uh, they're very much only worried about, and I think this is a very poignant phrase that just popped into my head, and I'm going to be really pretentious about it. Good. The fear and now. That's actually uh-huh. very punchy, and we should TM, TM, TM. <laughs> that we got to make that a T-shirt. The fear and now. That's Ghost Strokes, fucking. <laughs> oh fuck! Reunion yeah, tour album. Like, has this, has this been done before? Am I original? Fear and now. I, I know. Can't. I know. There's no such thing as an original thought anymore. But that was one of my favorite Luther Vandross songs. Plus it feels like that. Fear and now. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, so there was a a documentary challenging our fear based birth narrative, and uh, there's a media analysis podcast uh, called The Fear and Now. Good. So, so long story short no i'm not original yeah it's just but like those it, aren't things that you should have seen before which means you like are me. though yeah it was still an original thought for me it's just like me wanting to open up a halloween store Say again, Don? Bl- i said it's just like me wanting to uh open up a halloween store called bloodbath and beyond and there's that, a true yeah that's pretty good that's pretty fucking good but it, it already exists there's like a uh, youtube page called bloodbath and beyond mm Oh yeah, I've yeah. I remember we looked that up one time. Yeah, because you were like yeah, screaming to TM it. Um, yeah. Oh man, <laughs> I hate it when we do that. I know. We always have such great ideas, one step too late. Um, but anyway, well, anyway, uh, in eighteen hundred, at the age of about thirteen, Madame, at the time. Delphine McCarty, Marie Delphine McCarty, married her first husband, uh, Don Ramon de Lopez y Angulo, I'm guessing that's how that's pronounced, but Angelo. Uh-huh. Uh, a cabaret, a cabaret, oh, fucking Jesus, Don. Cabaret. I love you. You do so good. <laughs> no, cabaret. Cab- caballero. Fuck. Caballero. Thank you. She, I was trying to think of the fucking... Three caballeros, yeah. like that one. It ain't so fucking easy, is it? Um, no, of course not. No, I've we always said knew it, it wasn't. Was. I, I've always, always been like, oh yeah, no, that I can't help you there, bud. <laughs> <laughs> but a caballero de la Royal de Carlos, a type of high-ranking Spanish royal officer, was her first husband. At the time, Louisiana was a Spanish colony. Um, you know, it was... Colonial America at the time. So. It, implying colonies. Colonies were yes, there. Yeah. Uh, this one was Spanish. Anyway, in 1804, four years later, she would have been 17, um, which she's a monster, which we will find out at the end of this episode. Uh-huh. But I don't care who you are, marrying a 13 year old is wrong. In any point in time, like, I, I really don't care for when people try to like hide it behind. Well, you know, it was the 1600s, and that was normal back then. I don't fucking care. And like, if you, dude, there are people trying to do that now. They're nothing to do with the time it was in. And I definitely, 
And the problem is, is even back then, they were like, no, you're not going to, like, take my daughter to live in your kingdom. We're going to say that my daughter, who's nine, and your son, who's 12, are married by contract. When they grow up, they will move, have a castle or whatever. That is how people did it. Because yeah. even royal people, even people who were using their sons and daughters as pawns, were like, nah, that's kind of fucked up. That's a little fucked up. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I'm not super comfortable with that either, but I uh-huh. wasn't back then. But, uh, anyway... At 17, in 1804, her husband um, was uh, called to appear in the court of Spain after having been appointed to a consul general position. Uh, So he got a new posting. So while en route to Madrid with Delphine, who was pregnant at the time, uh, Don Ramon suddenly died in Havana. Una na. Una (laughs) na. I lost my baby in Havana. No, no. <laughs> well, she she had her baby in Havana. I had but, my baby know. in Havana. Well, no, I lost my baby. But yeah, like and then my, I had a different <laughs> type of baby, I guess. And then I had another baby. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, so a few days after his death, Delphine gave birth to, to his daughter, Marie Borgia Delphine Lopez Ianjulo de la Candelaria. Holy fuck. Nicknamed Borquita. Nicknamed what? Borquita. Borquita? Isn't that the cutest? (laughs) Yeah, what does it mean? I don't know. Little Borgia. (laughs) Little Borgia. Mm -hmm. Is that Borquita with a B? I just... Assassin's Creed. (laughs) Yeah, B-O-R-Q-U-I-T-A. So, like, her name is Borgia. B-O-R... Uh, G-I-A or J-A, so like uh-huh. a soft J sound. So it's Borquita. Or, you okay. Know, see, you, you say Borgia. Yeah. And it immediately, my, my brain goes to uh, Assassin's Creed 2. Oh, yeah, buddy. With the Borgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. I the, thought the same the corrupt thing. papacy. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, not so different here, actually. Yeah. Spanish-controlled yeah. Louisiana colony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't need to fill in the blanks. <laughs> I'm I'm with you. Yep. Uh, the widow Delphine and her daughter returned okay. to New Orleans. I'm sorry, I hate to interrupt, but huh? I have to interrupt. Um, no, you don't. So I just looked yeah, up Borgita or Borquita, and the main like WordPress says that Borquita just means little Borgia. But I just scrolled down a little bit in the yeah. Spanish dictionary, and I'm just looking at the Google tra- or the Google um, page, the listings. And the Spanish to English translation, uh-huh. I'm not going to open it up, but literally the little um, example sentence that was underneath the, the link just says, I'd love to kiss that beautiful little mouth of yours. Wow. Weird. Yeah. Don't like that. Hate it. <laughs> Hate it, in fact. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Everything else that comes up about Borgita is literally about Madame Delphine. So. Yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah, it's just it's just like a like um Latina Latinx Latino whatever. Latino people will you know, little, you know, instead yeah. of it's yeah, just, yeah. yeah. It's, it's I'm familiar with uh Kita. Sorry. Like go, calling go your ahead. <laughs> like calling your little kids chiquitas, you know, yeah. like that. 
Because she was a Chiquita banana. Yeah. Ooh, nah, nah. She has, um, <laughs> nah, nah. She has to ripen in a very special way, which, as I said, it just sounded gross as hell. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> yep. Ha <laughs> ha. You've walked headfirst into my comedy trap. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's worked so well with You've the revealed my trap guard. Um, so, yeah, four years later, in June 1808, around age 21. Delphine married Jean Blanc, a prominent banker, merchant, lawyer, and legislator. Blanc purchased a house at 409 Royal Street in New Orleans for the family, which became known later as the Villa Blanc, or the White Villa. Great. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I'm not going to... That's John White. Is this guy's name or Gene White? Uh huh. Which is the Frenchest, most American ass name I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, it's, I'm gonna throw it out there. Perfectly so, New Orleans. I'm sorry. You you said Jean or John? It's J- yeah, spelled Gene J E A N. So Jean Blanc because of just, course he's uh, New Orleans. Let me just whip up my ancestry.com app here. <laughs> And if, confirm if, what we already know to be true. If, if so, I'm going to shit my pants. <laughs> um, While you look at that, I... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you can keep going. I got to sign back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. Um, Delphine had four children at the Villa Blanc. Um, Marie-Louise Pauline. Louise-Marie-Laura. I don't know how to spell it. Laura. I'm assuming Laura. But yeah. it's L-A-U-R-E. Um, Marie-Louise Jean and Jean-Pierre Pauline Blanc. So wait, she had three kids named Marie-Louise or Marie-Louise? Nope, she had Marie-Louise. Yeah. Louise, (laughs) fucking shit. Marie-Louise, Louise-Marie, a whole nother Marie-Louise, Jean-Pierre, and that's her four kids. I, I is Jean Pierre one word or two? Two. That's her child. I wonder if uh, she just had really bad labor on that second Marie Louise, which is like, fuck you. I don't have time to come up with a name for you. Fuck you. You're going to be just like your fucking sister or brother or I don't know, Marie. Here, let me. It has to come from Inbreeding? something at the. Th- it has to come from some tradition at the time. Like, like even in my family, Louise is a family name. Like, my mom. Her middle name is Louise. My sister, well, my cousin's name is Louise. Like all, uh, my grandmother and her mom. So like they're all, they all have that middle name, or it's in there somewhere generally. Or like I have my 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 dad's like grandpa's name, and like my mom's grandpa's name. So like it's it's. It feels like it has to be something like that, where like Marie Louise or Louise Marie, we you if you're a girl, you have that name. If then you get a third name so that we can call you Pauline or Laura, you know. What is her actual full name? The the main subject here, the monster. Uh at this point in time or like ultimately? Ultimately. Uh Madame Delphine. Spelled like the Oracle. Uh-huh. Uh La Laurie. Which is L A L A U 
R-I-E. And I'm working hard not to say LaLowry because um, I am black and I can't <laughs> let myself say like Lowry's because that's like too, that's too close. You know what I'm saying? To home. What year? What year what? What what year uh, did she marry uh, him? R- roughly is this stuff taking place? Uh, she was alive from approximately um, the late 17th. In the 1780s to to the early 1800s to the mid late 1800s. Okay, so she died in like 1840 something, almost uh, 50. No, it doesn't look like. Yeah, no, maybe. <laughs> you cannot be for real. It's I've got a a Marie Lalaurie, uh <laughs> New York, United States arriving passenger. And crew list here. Um, From when? Because this might be important for later. <laughs> uh, I would have to pull it all the way up and see here. Um, it, I've I've definitely got because it if it's happening past a certain year, that's a theory proven that we'll get into. But we'll you'll. You continue your research as you see fit. Yeah. It's, I am definitely finding information about them attached to my family tree. I don't think that they're actually on the family tree. I think this is just documents relating to other people. Like, I may have had relatives who were on the same boat ah. coming from Ellis Island type of shit. Got it. Okay. That that I mean, that makes sense. Um, for you know that's that's how families work. <laughs> it's just searching Lalori. I get like seven thousand results on my family tree. So wow. okay, got it. Um, yeah, and I don't know how rare Lalori is as a as a surname. So that could just yeah. be a fairly common name. But um, where were we? We were talking about Jean White. Here we are. Or, or we're talking about the different baby girl, kids' names. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> Marie Louise, Louise Marie, Marie Louise, and Jean Pierre uh, <laughs> lost her, lost their father, her second husband, Jean Blanc, in 1816. So, um, they got a good solid eight years out of it. So she doubled the length of her second marriage, hey. of her first marriage, with her second marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So new record. Um, so almost 10 years later, on June 25th, 1825, Delphine married her third husband, physician Leonard Louis Nicholas Lalori, who was 15 years her junior. Mm. So now it's now she's great cradle robbing. Rock the cradle of love. Rock the cradle. Maybe of don't love. though. Maybe don't rock any kind of cradles of love. How about? <laughs> um so in in 1831, approximately 6 years after that, she bought a property at 1140 Royal Street, a couple blocks away from her previous residence. Uh, with her husband Jean Blanc, uh, which she managed in her own name 
with little involvement from her husband. Uh, by 1832, she had built a two-story mansion complete with attached slave quarters on the property. She lived there with her third husband and two of her daughters and maintained a central position in New Orleans society. I like to think that the two daughters were both Marie Louise. I was just wondering that. I was like, is she going to fucking... That would suck. <laughs> it would be so fucking funny. Um, why would she do that, though? That, I still, that's what I, I don't understand. Days I've... It's like like <laughs> like George Foreman named every single one of his sons George Foreman. Yeah, what the fuck is wrong with him? Just the, just well, for the sake of the joke in the house when it's like George and you hear eight. Yeah, just I mean, and they all come down looking like fucking clones. Obviously, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Like we are talking about George Foreman. He did take a few hits to the head over the years, so it just might. That's true. That's true. He was good at punching and making grills. I was going to say, it's so (laughs) fucked that his legacy is instead, when you hear George Foreman, word association in your brain will make the next word you think of be grill. There is nothing wrong with the fucking Foreman grill. The Foreman grill is an amazing (laughs) invention. Bro, we've had a Foreman grill for since they came out. Like, I mean, it's, I've heard wonderful things. They're yeah. they're very convenient. I have heard much less wonderful things about how good the man punched. <laughs> he was fine. Uh, you've heard his name for punching. You yeah, know what I mean, uh huh. I knew he was a boxer. He's world class at least. That mean, you know what I'm saying? People know his name. That's good enough. Uh, I gave up me. on the family tree. I can't find direct relation. Oh man, that's your homework that's for this less week. Then funny. I'll keep looking. <laughs> um. Uh. So so she 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 lived there uh, on eleven forty Royal Street with her husband and two of her daughters and maintained her her central position in New Orleans society. Both her and her husband were again movers and also shakers uh, at the time. Um. However. On November 16th, 1832, the same year she had finished the house, uh, Delphine petitioned the first judicial district court for a separation from her husband, in which Delphine claimed that Lolori, uh, here read Leonard, had treated her in such a manner as to render their living together unsupportable. Claims which her son and two of her daughters, by Jean Blanc, confirmed. So far... We have a person who has been raised in and married into wealth thrice and during a time and place where uh, people of her stature in high society were expected to own other human beings. Uh, Her uncle had been killed in a slave revolt and that may have been a reason for the cruelty she exhibited towards her slaves but we ultimately have no real understanding of where the cruelty came from like, um, like nobody really knows what kind of trauma, you know what I mean? Like a lot of times in our episodes, we'll come across and we'll say, well, here's their mom and this uh-huh. is what they did. Yeah. And then, also a monster. Right. In this, yeah, her parents were slave owners. Yes. You know, now that's terrible. But back then... It like 
that was not something that people would have regarded as a reason to become this way. Right. You know what I mean? Um, right. It's So what you're really getting at with it is she did not have an abnormal life for an affluent rich person. Right. She was no different than any other affluent rich white person in the time. Exactly. And while, yes, uh, especially in this country, affluent rich whiteness can make you do some fucked up shit. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's clearly not all of them. You know what I mean? It's right. It's not like every rich person. Like, you know, everybody fucking pr- praises Warren Buffett. I don't like capitalists. But, like, <clears throat> you know, there are people who are rich who are not actually monsters. Sure. You know? I could I guess I could list artists and things, but you get it. There are people who are rich and white and not terrible monsters. I'll uh, fucking Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton is rich and white and kind of shitty, but she's not a monster. Right. You know what I mean? I don't like her, but she's not a fucking murderous villainous actual demon. Dave Grohl. So I uh Truly a gem. Exactly. I don't know shit about Dave Grohl as a person. He's an amazing person. He like just recently spent 24 hours barbecuing for homeless people. Nice. Uh, I would just casually bring up Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Keanu. That's true. Yeah. That's true. A man who has regularly foregone paychecks on his movies uh, in order just to make the movie be produced. Yeah, we stand a king. <laughs> um, so so we don't really know why she was as cruel as she was, uh, but even at the time, there were rumors that she was cruel to her slaves. Um, between eighteen thirty one and eighteen thirty six, rumors were flying around town about how Madame Lalaurie treated her slaves. Uh, there are two stories that I found over and over being cited as true instances of her slaves choosing death over her treatment. Jesus Christ. Um, and I'm sure there's more, but she was also publicly, outwardly, very uh, polite and quote-unquote kind to slaves. She, in public, did not treat like, she actually treated black people at the time better than other rich white people would have been treating them. Sure. Um, I, in my head, I'm imagining, like, she's the movie villainess who, she's the CEO of the of the evil company, but, like, when you go inside to the office, like, she knows the intern's name. Right. You know? Yeah. Why does she know the intern's name? She gave him a hug, he spilled coffee, and she's like, no, it's okay, G- uh, Jeffrey, and, like, all this shit. And then you get to the back office and she's got, you know, people literally racked up on torture devices, you know, that type of shit. Um, So the first story that I had that was that was repeatedly cited was that a young slave girl uh, named Leah was seen jumping from the roof of the mansion rather than being caught by Madame LaLaurie, who was chasing her for reportedly snagging her hair while the uh, while the girl was brushing it. So apparently Leah was brushing her hair 
hit a snag, and Lalori flew into a rage, chased Leah, a 12-year-old girl, up onto the roof of her mansion that she owned, with also people that she owned in it. Uh-huh. And either the girl slipped or jumped or was pushed off the roof to her death. The second story is that a man threw himself from the third story window rather than be sent to her attic room where uh, the worst of the punishment would take place. Yeah. Uh, the Leah incident led to a- an investigation of the Lorries in which they were found guilty of illegal cruelty and forced to forfeit nine slaves from their household. Unfortunately, these nine slaves were sold to a family member. Ah. And then bought back a few months later by the Lalories. I imagine the roller coaster of emotions. I'd rather not. Yeah. <laughs> fair. I would rather not, you know. <laughs> like then we won't get into it. It it I mean seriously. We'll uh, we'll we'll talk about it later cuz there's more to come. Yeah. That is gruesome. What you're saying is it gets worse. It does. It does do that. <laughs> Um. So yeah, the, after the heat died down, they bought those people back, and uh, brought them back to Royal Street. Hooray! Uh, rumor around town was that the Lalories were chaining their cook to the stove, uh, quote unquote, experimenting on slaves behind closed doors, and starving and starving them, starving their slaves. Uh, the Lalories even went so far. Or Madame Lalori went so far as to beat her own children when they tried to go behind her back and feed the slaves when she had decided not to for a long time. So that makes her even worse. Oh yeah, like you aren't. You're not only inhuman. You're actively punishing your children for being human. When there's, when you have a story like this. Or you have someone who has no real reason in their early life to have become evil at that level. That's I think that's when you can make the case that some people are just born evil. I, yeah, I really think, uh, unfortunately, you're kind of correct. Um, All right, I don't want that to be the case, but... It, yeah, find me another reason, you know? I could definitely go into nuance of like, well, we definitely don't know exactly how she was raised. Her parents could have been just like her, essentially. Right. Yeah. Um and just never got found out, but it it really is like certainly there are people who are monsters who you who then go to court and you see their mom sitting in the front just absolutely fucking devastated like uh-huh. what even the fuck is happening or angry cuz I didn't raise you to be like this you right. know what I mean and like there are definitely people who are evil even if they have good parents or good role models mm-hmm. and I'm not sure what that means but it certainly is sad you know, and I think it does mean like there are definitely certain people who just are bad, and I don't like that, but it is how I feel. <clears throat> just because I wasn't vocal about it, I'll just uh, say out loud. I had a lot of uh, 
unfortunate shrugs mm-hmm. throughout all of that <laughs> and tentative nods just you know it's there's not really a whole lot to add to it you know what are you gonna do yeah yeah some people just be like that some people do just really be like that because there's only two options either you you say like you said some people are just like that and then you're just stating the obvious or the other option is to sit there and try to devil's advocate it and when you try to do that that does not make you look good either so you're kind of really nothing that can be said yeah i don't exactly it's just i'm absolutely certain that were i to talk about it for hours and hours at a time i could come back with a more nuanced sort of position on it but just raw feeling it like i don't think that the percentage is as high as even one percent or whatever but i think that occasionally people just be doing monster shit for no reason like for basically no reason yeah right now with lori specifically i think that it was essentially inevitable that somebody would turn out like this in a slave-owning society. Um, especially during a time where you own someone as property and also surgery techniques uh-huh. are not known or researched in ethical ways ever. Um, you essentially learn by trying it on the battlefield or in a quote-unquote lab with a an animal or another human. Right. Yeah, there were laws on the books or whatever. When has that ever stopped a rich person? Well, also the laws on the books. Anyone- the laws on the books were, you know, you don't experiment on humans. Back in the day, they didn't consider slaves humans, or if they did, it was 3 fifths of a human. So no, right. there were there were we were still quite a ways away from there were definitely laws on the books about the mistreatment of slaves in the same way that there are uh like animal yeah. animal treatment yeah you know for farms and shit like essentially there were livestock rules for slaves specifically ah. you there was a minimum requirement you know for the quality of life of of a slave. There were inspectors and shit, and whether or not they kept up with those inspections or give a shit is up to the individual place and time. But um, also, reportedly at this time, actually, I think I might just be about to josh myself. Yeah, I was. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's worth noting here that after the slave rebellion in 1811, uh, way back then, Louisiana was notoriously and cruelly violent to its slaves as a whole. Um, but when the town found out about how Madame LaLaurie was behaving, uh, they formed a mob and essentially chased her out of town. Or literally chased her out of town, depending on which depiction of events you would like to go with. So from here, we'll get into some of the things that LaLaurie did to her slaves that made even children jump from the top of buildings to escape this woman. Uh, for anyone with a particularly weak stomach, uh, this is your warning. Uh, we are near the end. We're almost there. But if you feel like you have a weak stomach or that you don't necessarily want to hear about incredible violent acts towards human beings twice in a row, 
two weeks in a row. Uh, Why are you, you know, listening you to this podcast? This. We did do this two weeks in a row, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can come back to this. It's fine. Was she also like amateur surgeon type? Well, her husband was a physician. Right. So I was going to say this too. I think everybody has a certain base level of fascination with the inner workings of the human body extending from a curiosity about their own body. I was just going to say, if I could essentially unravel myself, observe that, and then be put back together, right. I'd Painlessly. be okay. Yeah. If, but like, you can't. So. Exactly. And so I feel like when you have situations where you have somebody who is very, I'm going to call it medically curious, mm. or generous. anatomically curious, you know, and I'm using the word curious, yeah, very generously and underplaying it because i know we're about to get into it oh yeah but you have seen this with like like last week when we talked about rockterio it you had it very much with he called himself a healer yeah and therefore he wanted to practice fucked up medicine on amputate people and shit yeah but then you have it in examples like this where, again, it's another person in a very different position of power, but still a person in a position of power who is uh, taking gross advantage of that power to experiment on human beings out of a incredibly morbid and twisted curiosity of the human body. Yeah. And then you have it on a whole another scale with a whole different power dynamic in World War II with uh, what like the third episode that we did maybe the fourth episode on um, Mengele. uh uh Mengele. Mm, thank you Mengele. yeah so i don't know i feel like this is one of those things that just recurs over and over and over again yeah. and even you know up until like the the most recent example of it that i can think of is uh during like the mk ultra stuff where they had yeah. people sign up on purpose and you had people who were mentally broken yeah by the experiments that they did where they would just like dose them up with absurd amounts of LSD and then like immobilize them on a table for a week and not let them uh be able to have any perception of time and that's just like governmental yeah uh-huh like imagine but again, that's just another power dynamic, mm-hmm. you know, Imagine, and they still had some amount of oversight, but they were working with an actual uh, psychiatrist yeah. who was known for mistreating his patients mm-hmm. in experimental ways. Imagine that. But also it's just Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. Like instead of you're a government employee who's working with a fucked up mad scientist, literally, you're just a really rich guy. You're just a really rich guy. Who wishes he was a mad scientist? Yep, that's what's scary to me about this mm-hmm. is because that that can happen to now. Yeah, if somebody was really, if a rich person was really determined, I mean, fucking Jeffrey Epstein's child sex slave island proves that. Like the fact that he got away, quote unquote, got away with it. The fact that that was an open fucking secret among certain circles yeah. for a long time, and by certain circles, I do mean we didn't know. Normal people didn't know. Right. Because they would never tell us, of course. 
But like the people in the government who should have done stuff, any other people who should have done anything knew. They knew and they did nothing or participated, which is the same. Uh, I will throw out real quick, just with the, the CIA LSD experiments that I was talking about, just for one quick little glimmer of light. There was one guy in those experiments who irritated the shit out of the CIA and the doctors and everyone. Absolutely pissed them off on the daily basis because he figured out that he could keep track of how many days had passed by listening for a plane flying overhead. Because that plane flew at the same time every day. So when they would come in and do his, like, questions about, like, what time, how many days he thought he had been there, blah, 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 he knew exactly every single day. And he would count to keep track of time. Good. Yep. Good. Using that plane's daily flyover That's as a... Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, this episode is actually going to end up being a little bit longer than I thought, which is good. Because <laughs> um, I want to talk about, uh, that's my philosophy for dealing with the government. Yeah. Is we are all the guy chained to this table being spoon-fed copious amounts of bullshit. Um, and the best way to survive, in my opinion, mm-hmm. in a society like that is... That's the very definition of rage against the machine. You might not do much, but don't let them fucking break you like that. Right. You might break, but don't let them do it. Uh-huh. Like, it's... Ev- ev- every single day, listen for the plane. Exactly. That's so good. Damn, I'm dude. on it today. Dude. You're on it, dude. <laughs> Look at me go, dude. It's the new pants. Damn, dog. It's the new pants. It's the new pants. <laughs> Holy shit. Quotable today. Shit, that's... Wow. Um, but yeah, no, for real though. Listen for the plane. It's. Yeah, do I have to shop at Walmart because of the amount of money that I currently make? Yes. Uh, do, do I steal as much as I can from them because fuck Walmart? Maybe, maybe uh, allegedly. Um, Dude, you have no idea how many hidden buy one get one free deals Walmart has since they added self checkout. I actually don't steal that much anymore. When I was younger, I did, but since they started adding cameras right down each aisle, yeah. I shop alone. So like, I don't have a backup. Like, yeah. I can't really. It's it's a two man operation. I'm, I'm afraid to go back to the super Walmart too often. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, if, if they do the thing where they keep track of, like, how much you have stolen and wait for it to be a prosecutable amount, man, I'm on that threshold. Buddy, I, there is... <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we're outing ourselves like this. There is a there is a certain Super Walmart in or around the Jacksonville area. I'm not even going to be very specific about where in Jacksonville that is. Um where I literally cannot walk through the front doors of that Walmart ever again. Um, Because right after I quit when I was about 19, Uh 20-ish, it was a very bad breakup, shall we say. Sure. And I went on a bit of a tear... And they took my picture. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, this has all been an improv bit 
Uh, we're playing characters right now. <laughs> so. This podcast is powered by Podbean Podcast Hosting. Are you thinking about starting your own podcast or looking for the best home for your podcast? Check out all the amazing features that Podbean offers with unlimited bandwidth and storage for an affordable price. That's right, unlimited. Visit www.podbean.com slash unlimited to check it out today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash unlimited. Anyway, um, yeah, so this is your warning. Uh, there may or may not be timestamps depending on what Don actually has time for. Uh, but know that I, at the end of this I, description time, I do kind of have some other additional thoughts for the end of the episode. But um, with that, uh, we get <laughs> into... skip 15 seconds at a time until you don't hear the words flesh, knife, <laughs> or saw anymore. Uh-huh. Excuse me. Uh, the actual torture. Here we are. In 1840... In 1834... So now they've been living in the new house at 11049 or whatever the fuck it was. 1109. Um, in 1834, there was a fire at the LaLaurie residence. And when the fire marshal and some volunteers got to the house, lo and behold, a slave was chained to the kitchen stove. The woman they found told them that she had started the fire as a suicide attempt to escape the mistreatment of the mistress of the house. Uh, the slave woman told them that there was an attic room that slaves never came back from. Uh, when the LaLauris were asked uh, to, give them the, to give the key to someone to open up the slave quarters to, you know, get them out for the fire, uh-huh. um, they refused. So fire brigade volunteers had to break the door down, and when they did... Here are some of the things that they found. It's going to be like Ed Gein's house, but worse. <clears throat> they found a number of tortured and dead slaves in the residence who appeared to have been there for months. Uh, reports vary greatly on how big this fucking attic was based on the number of slaves they claim were in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some of the things they found were over the course of like an investigation kind of like later so what they managed to put the fire out and preserve the attic they put the fire out yeah it was it was successfully fought right but there was like a short sort of investigation afterwards and then a mob happened so heard um some of the slaves were suspended from their necks with their limbs stretched out and torn um sort of drawn and quartered style Others were found with holes drilled into their skulls or areas of skin flayed off. Uh, One man was apparently found with a hole in his skull with a stick in the hole that had been used to stir his brain. Another woman was apparently found with uh, parts of her skin peeled off and her limbs amputated to resemble a caterpillar. Jesus Christ. Okay. She was still alive. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, and over 100 sorry, years later, we as Americans would, would make a movie basically turning people into caterpillars because we think it's fun. 
Yeah. You're talking about the human centipede? Yeah. Indeed. Centipede. Kept... That's That wasn't an American No, movie, he's talking about A Bug's Life. Yes. <laughs> I was talking about... <laughs> well, it's, to... it's American centipede... Or not American centipede. It's a centipede that has a hundred guns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Don, that was fucking hilarious also. Yes, I'm an American <laughs> centipede. I have a right to bear arms. One hundred of fucking. them. Fucking. <laughs> you can't stop me. My kung fu is infinite. <laughs> oh, so Human Centipede wasn't an American movie? I thought it was. Well, I thought. I'm I'm looking it up. The, I know that the doctor the in the movie is supposed Tom to be. Tom Six is a Dutch filmmaker. Uh, uh, the doctor was what? German, right? Yeah. The doctor in the movie was German. I've never actually technically seen it because I, you know. I have morals and standards. I, I saw it once at a friend's house it, unwillingly in high school. Look, it's a bad movie. It's And I didn't even, like, I'm not, okay, I'll watch a horror movie. I don't like them. They're just not for me. Yeah, they, they work on me. They're just not it for me. It is a Dutch independent body horror film. You knew it had to be foreign. Oh, well. No American would... Ever. Well, my mistake still brought us around to American Centipede, which is a great piece of content. So fuck you. <laughs> American Centipede is a great piece of content. Um, it is also the very first song on the album. For, uh, what did you say earlier? <laughs> the fear and now. Fear and now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good shit. Um, or should fear and now just be like a. Like a sort of a EP release of just two songs, one called Fear, one called Now, and they're both like 18 minute long virtual it's, it's like pieces. It's like side B side yeah. type deal. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the like the a Fear rock and opera. Now tapes. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I like that quite a bit. We're going to yeah. do that instead. Um, okay. Uh, back into it, I guess. Yeah, a yeah, woman yeah. Uh, was also found, a different woman, was found with her limbs broken and reset to look like a crab. Uh, which I just watched a um, <clears throat> Jeffiet video uh-huh. about Final Destination. Or what? oh, dude, the Final no, Destination old. video was so good. The Final Destination video was very good. Uh, Jeffiet, wildly underrated YouTuber. Yeah, J E F F I O T. Um, go look him up. He's very funny. Uh, but I'm. Not, it's actually the one he did on a movie called Old. The the M. Night Shyamalan one. The fucking two and a half hour long. Oh, yeah, where he goes through every M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> yes. movie to find something good about it. Yeah. Yes. that I'm mad because that video actually made me cry several times. <laughs> I, was, I was like, how dare... I don't even... I used to love M. Night Shyamalan, but like as a kid, uh-huh. I don't like him no more. No. But like... I'll be damned if Jeffy didn't make me appreciate a little bit more. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, he also has such a big man crush on him. He it does. Made me so happy. He keeps calling him handsome. He's and like, sexy look at this stuff. handsome, Very sexy funny. man. Um, but uh, what was I? Hold on. Oh, yeah. There's a scene in that movie that he showed where there's a beach that you go to and. The beach that makes you old. The yeah. beach that makes you old. And there's a scene in where uh, a girl, like, falls and breaks all her limbs. 
and they heal so fast that she starts to deform quickly and like she starts breaking her limb and i imagine that's what this woman looked like yeah but that took months right you know like crazy now as far as the 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 idea behind that movie it was based off of i think a comic book it wasn't an original m night Shyamalan idea yeah so no but it was written and directed by him yeah so. but don't be coming after the sham man for the concept of the story that wasn't his story don't, no the concept call him the sham we man. could we could start this conversation don but i agree with you the concepts of m night Shyamalan movies are generally pretty cool the execution is i would say if i'm being generous or or even not as critical the, the, his execution is mitch, mismatched for what he wants to do with his movies. I agree. Oh, okay, just we got to pump the brakes for a second because the sham man <laughs> made me think of uh, an Indian version of the sham wow guy. <laughs> and he's, he's just like, look he, at that. You, you, you're <laughs> like, following this cameraman, but it's like an M. Night Shyamalan ass f- Dutch angle. Oh, and, fuck. <laughs> That's way funnier than what I was thinking of. <laughs> and when he when he's like, and boom, the water's gone. But it's and boom, there's a second plot twist. <laughs> boom, there never was water. <laughs> and boom, and boom, he's a ghost. Like, <laughs> so what did what did Jeffy keep calling Bruce Willis? Uh, <laughs> like and Butch Williams, Bruce Williams <laughs> or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He never calls him Bruce Willis once. It's so funny. He calls him like Buzz, Buzz, <laughs> Buzzed Wildrums or some yeah. shit. Like it's so funny. Um, uh, he does also call M Night Shyamalan like M Night Shyamalan or some shit a couple of times. Yeah, and Jeffy, it's great. He's so funny. Anyway, um, <laughs> so anyway, there was a woman found. Uh, with her limbs broken and reset to look yeah, like turned, a crab. Yeah, to a crab. Crab lady hurt. Uh, and allegedly, Madame LaLaurie would slice open the abdomens of women and wrap their intestines around their waists to let them hang for months, rotting. Uh, when the bodies of the slaves were removed from the attic, it was noted that the men had their fingernails, eyes, and genitals removed. Most of the men were already dead, but those who were still alive begged to be put out of their misery which i don't know i i i don't know how much physical torture you have to go through to beg to die um but it's not I, a little i yeah i would argue shit too much some yep. days i beg to die just by waking up that's different. <laughs> yeah, that's very different. That's existential. That yeah. Crave for the forever sleep. That's <laughs> that's the oh god, I'm so tired. Please just let me die. <laughs> yeah, it's it craving immediate physical release oh, yeah. is different, and God willing, none of us will ever have to know. No, that shit sounds. I mean, it it's a horrifying prospect to think of. Yeah. Um. Understandably. Excuse me. <coughs> Understandably, after discovering these atrocities, the town essentially lost its whole shit. Uh, the townspeople formed a mob and destroyed the mansion. They came in and uh, there's a quote that I'll paraphrase that was like, they they destroyed everything but the walls. 
they destroyed wall they destroyed like the everything but the walls i mean mirrors paintings possessions furniture the floors all Man, of it we, they they we, broke that bitch apart we don't have but they left the house standing yeah. we don't have good mobs anymore I think I blame electricity because, no. you know, we don't have torches. We all use electric, and it would look weird of us just running around with flashlights. I don't know, man. It, the, the the riots where they pretty much destroyed half a city was pretty fun. <laughs> that was unfathomably based. Yeah, but we, that don't, was go, really but we don't go after the bad guys. You know what I'm saying? We don't, you know, march. They destroyed Target. I don't know what you're talking they about. Destroyed, Not going after bad guys, bro. They destroyed Target, but they didn't go, you know, to the mansion at the top of the hill where the guy is running Target. They just let him go. Nah, but they tried to destroy the police station, so. Well, uh, fucking in uh, Seattle, they took over a police station for a period of months. Yeah. They come That right there. That is based. That that is the definition of based. They literally had a hostile takeover of the they headquarters of the oppressors. They did yeah. a successful fucking coup, and that shit got zero media coverage. It did. It just got coverage For months. It got coverage on the news channels that you would never watch. It got coverage on the news channels that nobody watched well but 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 yeah um so this now what i want to point out here is that well hold on because the end of it is most of the sources that i found tell me that she likely fled to paris and died in 1842 at the age of 62 unfortunately uh, Madame Delphine Lalaurie never faced any sort of real justice and was able to live out the remainder of her life in comfort, uh, likely still torturing people. Um, so that's a bad ending. But what I really want to talk about, I guess, is fuck, I lost it. <laughs> Damn it. Don, what did you say just a minute ago? I was talking about mobs and riots and we don't mob like we used yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was a place in time where other towns, other slaveholding areas were like, oh, buddy. Like, Louisiana was the place that you would send your slaves to punish them. <laughs> Do you understand? That's where you would send. And those people rioted when they found out how she was treating her slaves. Yeah. The people that were, the like the medium level punishment of like, you'll live, but your life is going to suck for the rest of it in Louisiana when I send you there because you fucked up my dinner again or whatever. Like, and then you get to Louisiana and you hear about Madame LaLaurie where, oh, the rumor around town is, is if you get sent to Madame LaLaurie, you never come out of that house. Yeah. And it's fucking like... Imagine, okay, first of all, as a black person, imagining that, like, yeah, I don't fucking like it here and now so much as far as racism goes, now? but I like it, oh, uh, huh? Yeah, the fear now. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, I'm not super afraid of it, more I'm angry about it, but I have that luxury because, yeah, I have to be afraid of the police and white men 
but like I don't have to when I go to work if my boss is a white woman or a or a white man I don't necessarily have to worry about getting told that if I go to that office you just will never go home again right you'll never you'll you'll be you won't have your fingers and toes or your fucking genitals like they will torture you until you beg to die like th- that is something that slaves enslaved people had to deal with on a daily basis from the moment they were born many of like most of them and like we've made a lot of progress we haven't made enough but like man who that shit made me so angry to real like you would think oh yay the white people actually rioted when they found out how she was treating them so even then even back then there were I good- was just about to jump on this because yeah. but why, it wasn't why, like were, that. why were they rioting Ruben what do you, what do you mean why in in your mind why did the white people riot when they found out about this uh, you know i'm not 100% sure i have a theory i think oh you go ahead then don I, what's your theory i think they were rioting because they were scared that if people found out what delphine was doing to their her slaves that people would be like well if they you know anybody does that to their slaves we'll just take the slaves away that's what i think I don't I think you're super super close. I'm channeling my ancestors. <laughs> don't. And <laughs> they're telling me Wait. Wait. <laughs> they're telling me that the, the, the don't, reason don't <laughs> The reason was because if word about this got out to the other slaves, which it would, that there would be a wildly increased risk of more uprisings. That's I don't disagree. That's I I think that's their motivation. Uh it, because there already were uprisings in response to increased cruelty of treatment. Yeah. This is the most cruel treatment that any of them had ever so much as heard about. So when word gets out that even in a place that was the worst of the worst for slaves, there was somebody who was doing something that much worse. All of the other slave owners were mostly rioting out of fear that they felt like if they didn't make a show of showing how much they hated this, Mm -hmm. that it would be at an increased risk of uprising for all of them. So you're saying it's the equivalent of, of them closing Alcatraz. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Got it. That's a really good metaphor because, you know, imagine if there's a slave in their household who hears, oh, yeah, did you hear? They were so mad about what uh, LaLori was doing that they went and uh, torched her fucking house. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad to know we'll never be treated that poorly. That... Yeah, that's not how that conversation went. It's the same concept from the zombie episode, uh, also from fucking New Orleans, yeah, Uh um, and West Africa. Like the idea that, yeah, it's bad here, but if you fucking kill yourself or if you do step out of line in a certain way, they will turn you into a literal monster. Right? They will literally eat your soul type shit like 
if you step out of line, they'll send you to Madame LaLaurie. But when Madame LaLaurie does it, it's like, okay, well, at least there is a worse thing than this. You right. know what I mean? There has to be a worse thing than this for people to stay there willingly. Yeah. And it's, I think, too, it's it's wild to consider that, you know, it was a threat to slaves. And you see it in slave movies all the time where, like, someone is way, like, I, I want to say way out of line from the perspective of the slave owner and the threat will be I'll send you somewhere deeper south where the treatment is way worse. Yeah. And that line ends at Madame LaLaurie. Yeah. Because she isn't going to send you fucking nowhere else. She's going to send you She's going to put you in the, the attic. attic. Yeah. And you just won't leave. That is the end of the line. Yep. It, her attic is like the mines in Django Unchained. Yeah. Or every other slave movie. Like, right. yeah, exactly. It's, it's, yeah, it is. I'm literally going to have to watch Django tonight just as a palate cleanser. I've never seen no, it. No, I feel that. I fuck with that. You've never seen Django Unchained? The only Quentin Tarantino movies I have seen is Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, and Jackie Brown. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You should watch Django Unchained. You it has that same energy. Django and uh, Inglorious Bastards. I can't believe you haven't seen Inglorious Bastards. I saw Inglorious. Wait, is that the Nazi one? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You wow. Yeah, I know. One hundred Nazi scalps. <laughs> Aldo Rain. No, well, trust me. Yeah, I want to see it just... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because it deals with the Manson cult. Yeah. It does. I just recently watched it. I had a conversation with Mark about it, actually, how I think it is the least of all Tarantino's films. What is it called? Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's his most recent movie. Oh. Yeah. It's good, mind you. Like, it to, to be the worst Tarantino movie is still, you know, a, a high, high compliment, yeah. even though Tarantino's a fucking weirdo, and I don't like him as a person. <laughs> his movies are... A high art. I'm yeah. sorry. I agree. Nothing else to say about that, I yeah. guess. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's really just like... It's... It's... Insane to think, like... Yeah, that's what I was going to add. It's, it's not a good thing that these people were rioting. Yeah. They were doing things that were essentially just as bad. It's just that, in my opinion, and in Josh's apparently, they just were trying to do a cover-up or cover their Satiate. own ass. Okay. You, right. They're just covering their own you ass. You do realize I was joking with the we don't have good riots anymore. That was a joke. I wasn't saying I yeah. think they were in the right. I was just joking. No, no, I no, no, no. I think we should have more. <laughs> I agree. I think we should have more riots. I, I just think that it's worth noting that while yes these people did perform what many would consider a form of justice um what happened to the slaves was they got put in the local jail uh essentially put on display and then resold later yeah so like there was no happy ending no it was all bad. 
And are, are you kidding me? A story about slaves in the 1800s did not have a happy ending? Who to thunk it? Crazy. Um, the, the last little bit of info that I have about this that I really wanted to share with people uh, it, to prove that I know what I'm talking about a little bit is that there is actually a theory uh, that many people believe that she simply she fled to Paris mm-hmm. and then essentially snuck back into Louisiana in a different town and just kept doing what she was doing before. Right. Um, which is not unlikely. No, not at all. And also, Paris was part of the slave, fucking slave trade, too. So, like, right. she was probably doing that shit when she was in Paris also. Yeah. So, yeah, she essentially just got to live out the rest of her life as a rich white woman doing her favorite thing, torturing human beings. Um. So, you know, Merry Christmas? I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know how to really end the the information part of it, but that is the end. That's what... That takes us out of the script. A little bit, I of, guess is what Don little bit says. of trivia. Yeah. Um, you know who ended up buying her house for a while? Are you about to say? God damn it! Fuck. What? Yeah, you know who it is. The star of the movie. I Next. swear to God, if you tell me that Zach Bagans nope. is no, owned- nope. no, okay, very mu- a way way cooler weird ass yeah. bitch like um uh um. Uh, the man owned Fucking, a dinosaur oh, head for God a while. God damn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Who? He stole the Declaration of Independence, yeah. Josh. I Nicholas can't Cage? Yeah. Yes. He owned it for a he while. He claimed that the house would give him inspiration. Nicky Cage? Yes. Yeah. Big Nicky Cage, baby. This was before all of his taxes. The issues. Cage Man? Yeah. Uncle, wow. Uncle Nicky, as we call him, because he's in our house. So We don't. I do. Oh yeah, the, the drawing yeah. that Brandon did. No, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he, Brandon did a drawing of Nicolas Cage. And put it in a frame and hung it on the wall in our house without telling anybody. Yeah, good. And we yeah. he moved with us, and he is. I don't remember. If, he's not hanging on our wall, but we have him on display on one of our shelves in here with all the family pictures. Yep. We call him Uncle good. Nick. Good. That was one of the only times Brandon would let me take his picture when we did our trip to, he and I did our cross-country trip. He Anytime I tried to take his picture, <laughs> he would hide. But unless I just forced it on him and just took it without him really having a chance. But when we went to um, Madame Tussauds Wax Museum, Nicolas Cage was, they had a <laughs> Nicolas Cage figure and he asked me to take his picture. So I got a picture of him with Nicolas Cage. So, nice. Yeah. So that takes us... Madame Tussauds is the weirdest fucking thing we've ever done. Oh, for sure. We did Madame Tussauds? As a society. Oh, I thought you meant as the show. I was like, I don't remember us doing an episode about Madame Tussauds. No, no. We could. Oh, we could. Like, a celebrity wax museum so that you can essentially take pictures with celebrities who don't necessarily look human (laughs) is fucking weird. But they do. It's not... I I have to say, they do a good job. I think out of all of them, there was only one that I didn't recognize who they were supposed to be. They do a good job for wax statues. Yeah. They wax... it's, It's not about whether or not it's a good representation. It's about the fact that it still looks waxy. It's weird. Yeah. It's not good. It looks like a cadaver a lot of the time. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm That's not saying, fair. I'm not defending Madame Tussauds, but we did it. It was, 
it was it was one of those yeah. weird kind of oddball sideshow or um, road trip side trip things. You know. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. It's the weirdest thing we've done. Is it's not like the worst or the best or like one of the displays in a Vegas. good or bad. Not even yeah, inherently good or bad. One of the it's di- just one of the displays at the uh, the Madame Tussauds in Vegas. It was Snoop Dogg, and literally next yeah. to Snoop Dogg, they had a seesaw that was a, bl- a giant blunt, and you could take a picture doing a seesaw good. with your friends on a blunt. Good. Nice. Good, 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 good. All right, so that's going to wrap it up. Thank you, Ruben, for that script. Um, You're welcome. Tiny little bit of housekeeping, and then we'll, we'll get out your hair. Um, we discussed today, uh, and we want to try something and see how it works. Um, we're trying to, to increase our Patreon audience, and so what we decided we're going to do is for every $20 that our Patreon goes up, we are going to do a bonus episode. And it'll be a bonus episode that is not, you know, we do a two-parter and we just give it to the second part a week early. It's not, it will be separate and above what we already do. Now, when I say $20, that does not mean you have to donate or, you know, do your Patreon at $20. You can do $2. And when we get 10 people doing $2, we do a bonus episode. If four people do $5, bonus episode. And for people who are already patrons, if you want, and you want to bump up from 5 to $10, if four of you do that, you get a bonus episode. And we'll continue doing bonus episodes until my brain is fried and I can't possibly do anything else. Um, and we just want to see how that goes. So go to patreon.com forward slash two towns over and we have five tiers right now um and uh starting at two dollars all the way what's that huh i was gonna say what's the what's the one woman on that one show where she's like give me money please (laughs) that one do you know what i'm talking about are you talking about the the episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Probably. Where uh, Charlie writes a script for his mom to beg for money. No. And she's saying, Mon- money me. Money me now needing a lot need. No. No? <laughs> no. It's this, I don't know, it's an episode where it's a, a woman who's a famous actress whose name I can't remember, I'm so sorry, is talking to her father on the show, and she's like grown, and he's like an old rich man, and she's like, I'm sorry, Daddy. And he's like, oh, it's okay, Sweetums, or whatever. And she's like, oh. now give me money, please. Parks and Recreation. That one. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's where I'm at. <laughs> so that's really the... I'll give you, I'll give you bonus content. I'll yeah, do it. Absolutely. Bonus content, like I said, above and beyond what we already do. So we're not trying to be sneaky about this. And I know our patrons going to be like, bonus content. But trust me. <laughs> Things are getting settled down. We're different people. Yeah, things now. are getting settled down up here. I'm I'm able to get things, you know, better. I've already done a bonus content. I did almost an hour and a half worth of bonus content, and nobody has told me whether they like it or not. So yeah, y'all need to really <laughs> respond to Don in the in the in the Discord. <laughs> All like, eight of you, please. But um, give him co- give him feedback, please. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh, like I said, I've got a couple other things. Uh, working that um, literally just kind of waiting for the weather to not be so snowy because it involves me going outside and I'm old and going outside makes me hurt. 
So, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, I think that's all we got. Uh, follow us or follow us on Facebook if you haven't. We're also on Instagram, TikTok. Uh, we have uh, a Discord. Um, so I'm probably time to repost the Discord invite. Um, so I'll do that on Facebook. And if I wish I had a. I wish I had a better idea of what um, I was going to do for my next script whenever that happens, uh, because I would say something cheeky here, like perhaps maybe my script will involve Morgan Freeman. Who <laughs> Hell knows? yeah. I, I don't know if that's true. Well, your next could have. I mean, maybe Ice Cube will be there. Your next script who, will who, be. Who could possibly say? Your next script will be a month from now. So you have four weeks. So. Heard. I'll figure something out in that yep. time. Yep. Uh, next week will be our first um, script uh, researched by our research assistant, Ashley. So, and she sent me her notes. Leanne. Leanne. I'm sorry. Sorry. I am so sorry. Hi. How did you? Thank God I caught it. Yes. I have a question. Yes. Does that just happen to dads? It could be. Yes. Because my dad does that shit all the time. Yeah, it'll be our. I think your dad did that to me on the way to the airport when we flew to Illinois. Yes, yes. I think he called you like Jordan or some shit. I have have recently been in in my own head. I'll be thinking about Ruben and the name Ethan will pop into my head, or it's yeah, yeah. It'll happen. I'm. uh, It's getting rough mentally. I need some ginkgo. Um. So, Leanne. Our, re- our new research assistant uh, sent me her notes, and quite honestly, guys, we got to step our game up because this girl, she had the oh, notes, yeah? she had all of her references. It looked like a Hell fucking yeah. research yeah. paper. So, um, this is what happens when people who know what the fuck they're doing, <laughs> yeah, are involved. We love this. But uh, so, yeah. So next week, our episode will be on the uh, Mexican legend of La Llorona. And so uh, we got that. And then there was something else I wanted to say real quick. Fuck me hard. Bye. That's a rat. That was real quick. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Be good to yourselves. (laughs) Plant babies. Moms. (laughs) Fuck Fuck cancer. cancer. Bye. Bye.